welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast, and today I'm so excited for you to meet Rochelle Tratt. She is a Los Angeles-based yoga instructor, community leader, and a soulful entrepreneur who created the Nishama Project. It's a yoga-inspired, socially conscious jewelry company that gives back. You guys probably have seen a lot of her jewelry and not realized it, or you own some. So definitely look that up, check that out, because I had three pieces of her jewelry before I really understood who she was and what this was about. It was all gifted to me, and we go into talking about that in this podcast and she shares such vulnerable moments and so much of where her journey came from just came out of struggle and a lot of hardship and pain and the beauty that she has created from this these hard times is absolutely one of the most inspiring stories and she is spreading her gypsy love all around the world in such a beautiful way and I know that you guys are going to fall in love with her just like I did and P.S. she also has a golden doodle so it's even better. All right let's get started. Rochelle thank you so much for coming on the show I'm so excited to have you today. Yay. Thank you for having me. Super honored. Okay. So you have come into my world like in so many different ways in places. It's absolutely insane that I haven't actually gotten to totally sit down with you yet because I'm not even sure when it first happened. I think it was um, a few years ago. And we also both have golden doodles. Golden doodle love. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who maybe don't have a golden doodle or a dog, it might get crazy. So brace yourself (laughs) um, because it's real. The fanatic, the fanatics are here. (laughs) It's so real. It takes over. It really does. And you cannot help it because it really is a child in a fursuit. Like I'm looking for the zipper. Oh, she's a human in a furry body. That's it. (laughs) So if you want more entertainment, first of all, I just have to say you must go follow her on Instagram because if you love pretty pictures and doodles, then this is your jam. So, but anyway, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to talk about your project and all that you're doing. So with that said, for, for some people who don't maybe know about what you're doing and what your project is all about, could you share some of your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so I have a company, it's called the Neshama Project, and Neshama means soul in Hebrew, and it was really inspired by um, the loss of my mom. So for me to share my story, I kind of have to go back to um, when I was a little girl, and you know, to sum it up, um, my mom passed away when I was nine years old. I grew up in upstate New York, and she 
uh, left this earth in a pretty tragic way. She had committed suicide and I was the one that found her. And so this really, you know, encompasses like my entire story. That moment where my life changed um, was never quite the same. And it really kind of brought me onto my healing path eventually. And so a little bit backstory, my parents met in Israel. They met in 1973, they fell in love and then they moved to the States and had um, my sister, my brother, and then I. And so grew up in a really small town, small upbringing, very humble means, lived on a small house with a behind a lake with a rowboat and um, went to a private, specifically Jewish school. And so my background and upbringing w- was quite, quite different. And I know you can understand that from what, you, what I know about yours as well. And so, you know, years that followed and other things that unfolded um, shortly after my brother got into an accident that left him paralyzed from the legs down. And so my childhood was pretty much taken away from me. And, uh, you know, with all the work that I've done, I really believe that it was part of my path and part of my karma to have experienced that um, at a young age and to... Um, enter the path of healing and ultimately being able to help others with, you know, stuff going on in their life. And so fast forward many years and, um, you know, I like to call them my rebellious hiccups. Uh, So it's important for you to know that I was raised with like a a lot of Jewish tradition. And at a young age, we, um, I had this sense of something greater. I felt the universe. I felt God. Well, you know, whatever word I know that you know, insert that feel comfortable with nature. I I just was a little girl that always felt a little different then and felt that connection. And then at some point in my, you know, uh, teenage years, I decided to kind of cut that cord and be like, "Uh -uh, I'm done and and rebelled pretty, pretty hard. And that path brought me to eventually at um, 18 years old to rehab. And which was one of the best things that could have happened to me. And I rediscovered my own light and what recovery looks like on a mind, body, soul level. And that brought me to my first yoga class. And I grew up a tomboy. I played sports. I played like varsity tennis and basketball. And so when someone was like, you should try yoga, I'm like, hmm, that sounds pretty boring. Like I need a ball and some competition. And I remember my first class, and I like to tell my students um, this, that I hated every moment of it. I wanted to leave right away. Uh, There was a mirror. The room was hot. I had to look at myself. Are you kidding me? These people, like, in these tiny, like, (laughs) itty-bitty outfits. And I was just so uncomfortable in my own skin. And then something magical happened. Uh, Shavasana, the final relaxation. And I finally felt peace in my mind and in my body. And that was it. And I was hooked. And so, you know, at 18, I started my, you know, yoga healing path, really, um, once I was ready to choose it again, um, and finish up my undergrad in psychology, and eventually made the big, bold move to come to California. I didn't know anyone. I just came out here for a yoga training. This was about eight years ago. And was at that time period of my life, I was with Bailey, my dog's original dad, and, you know, chose to come to leave that relationship because I knew I had a big purpose and a big life ahead of me. And I wasn't living it and I wasn't going to be able to live that in Florida at that time. And so with like six months savings and no support from my family, they're like, you're crazy. Um, I moved here to, you know, Santa Monica, Venice area with just Bailey and I and some belongings. And 
So that really was a big, bold move for me and was one of the best decisions I ever made. It was that moment where this makes no sense mentally, but my heart is telling me and I only know how to listen to that. And that's how I live my life and how I choose to live my life. And so made the move and and then I started, I always knew as a, as a little girl, like I would travel to Israel. Um, I knew that I would want to go through a, a journey and a pilgrimage to fo- kind of follow my mom's footsteps. I knew how much she loved the country and that's where she met my dad. And so I went on my first uh, trip to Israel. This was about whew, six years ago at this time and stayed for a month and really just felt her with me everywhere I went and felt very connected like, like to my ancestry to my tradition in ways that I really disassociated from for a while and it really woke something up inside me and now to backtrack while I was um, doing yoga in Florida someone had gifted me a necklace and it was this really pretty blue hamsa which is the shape of a hand and it's a symbol that represents peace and love and protection and it was from Israel and I never took it off. It meant so much to me because at that time I was like, oh, I'm going to go travel there one day. And I noticed at this time period, it was becoming a conversation starter. Everywhere I went, someone was like, oh my God, that shines so bright. Where's it from? And I realized it was creating soulful exchanges. It was allowing me to talk about things that were important to me mm. and, you know, overcoming love and loss, principles of yoga, a country that I know at the time I was going to eventually travel to. And it sparked something in the back of my head. And again, this was years ago and um, then eventually moved. And the same thing happened. I was teaching yoga in here in California and everywhere I went, I was, it was a conversation starter. And so when I went to Israel, I decided, I'm like, you know what, I'm ready to do something about this. And, you know, I don't necessarily have a business background. Uh, I studied psychology and I've been teaching yoga most of my adult life. And um, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to find these stones. And it was such a journey for me to find these stones. Um, it was because of this old man I met in the mountains that directed me to the, like the jewelers in Tel Aviv. And it was just all this like synchronistic journey for me to find these stones. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to bring like, I bought like, 30, I think, and and then came back to, you know, California, and it was just merely I wanted to create art. My mom was a super talented artist, and I was like, okay, and went downtown LA and found some chains and started making them, putting them together, and I had this typewriter, and I cut out, and I cut out um, Trader Joe bags. It's a better hue than Whole Foods. I <laughs> seriously and I would type different positive sayings and I love the way it looked and I would just put the necklaces on there and 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 then someone wanted one and then another person I'm like oh oh okay really and I remember I mean like I eventually someone was like oh can you ship one to me I'm like huh okay and I remember going (laughs) I went to like the dollar store and I got like envelopes and was just hand doing everything myself and then someone believed in me. They're like, oh, well, let's build you a website. I'm like, okay, let's do that. And, and then I knew that this needed to also stand for something greater. Growing up the way I did, you know, I was right away, we had like vintage clothing, hand-me-downs. And I grew up with, with that right away that it's, we weren't much of a shopping family. And so my love for vintage and meaningful treasures started at a young age. And, um, you know, I tend to be the consumer that if this is tied to an organization or it's local, I'm going to go towards that. 
And so I wanted to find the right organization to align with. And so we support uh, Innovation Africa. They take Israeli technology to African villages. And so every um, purchase goes directly to supporting, proceeds go to directly to supporting them. And we've gotten to do some really amazing work there. And we lit up a few orphanages um, and just some other projects in the works. It's really uh, been super humbling and inspiring to be able to support them in that way. And so that was just, you know, that was about four plus years ago. And it's just been an evolution since of every stage of the game. Like, oh, well, we're still going. We're still a company. Like, it's still wow. happening. And, you know, people that I've hired and that have started to work with me and along the way. And then what it means to be a soulful entrepreneur and to put a product out there that is really how I also view life. So it's been I mean, it's such a, a wild journey. Like I, I really in a million years never imagined where we, that we would be where we are today. Mm-hmm. And really like I've touched people through a product from around the world. Like I'll get, I'll get stories and emails and just like, oh my gosh, I met this person and it inspired this soulful exchange and all through a product. Uh, so it's been a really just amazing experience and learning so much. I mean, as you know, the there's many highs and there's many lows of being an entrepreneur and putting your heart and soul out there and running a business, um, specifically with no business background So, mm-hmm. and doing it on my own. So it's been um, a great roller coaster that um, I don't plan on getting off of anytime soon. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is so beautiful. And just, you know, I think the thing that I picked up from your, uh, just your story is the, your willingness to follow um, the different soul hits that you're getting and just the, not needing to necessarily know, but just having something come in your path and say, oh, this looks good, or maybe that's not for me. But then it's guided you to exactly you know, all of these beautiful opportunities. And I have to tell you, I'm just sitting here thinking about, so I now have, um, I didn't share this with you. We haven't gotten to like really sit down and talk, but, um, you know, you just came to my bliss project and I wore the necklace that you gave me all through my event. And it was just like, honestly, it was, uh, for me, it represented the knowing that there is just this tribe and deep sisterhood behind me in this beautiful you know, gorgeous necklace that I have around my neck. But I also got a necklace from Tara Romano about two years ago, who also is a part of Bliss. And then Lindsay Sikornik, who also, like I got, I think I have an anklet, a bracelet, and now a necklace from you. So um, like this woman is tracking me. I am covered in her stuff. And it, it means so much to me because of the different experiences that they had purchasing it and then giving it and sharing a story. So you've really created this really rooted, meaningful jewelry um, amongst this beautiful tribe of women. So that's something that I want to really get to know because there are a million different jewelry companies out there. There are so many different things that you could, you know, that you could, that these people could have purchased for me or bought, but it's, it's really people who have serious intention behind wanting to give a gift and also wanting to purchase something that has intention behind it and feeling an emotion and a story. So how did you get that? How did you get your story infused into this story? Well, thank you. And it just makes me smile so big. I'm, I'm, I adore Lindsay. I met her uh, one random synchronistic moment. I actually want to share with you the story. I was in a 
Costa Rica and I took, um, you know, I've been teaching yoga mainly most of my adult life and I host yoga retreats internationally. And once a year I do something for myself and I take myself on one. So as you know, and you're in, you know, masterminds and stuff to get re-inspired so that I can continue to hold space. So I went specifically on this um, female like dance therapy um, training retreat in Costa Rica. And I am taking myself out for dinner. I love traveling alone. I love traveling. It's kind of my one of my core values. And I'm sitting and I'm just watching this beautiful family. And I'm watching this woman hold her daughter. And it was such a pivotal moment for me in my like healing. I'm like, that's going to be me one day. And I can't wait for that. And then all of a sudden, this gorgeous little creature of, a, of this, this little girl comes up to me and starts talking to me. And then and it was one of Lindsay's daughters. And that's how we connected. And she's just been such a huge supporter of me and the Nishama Project ever since. And I have to say, that's how it happens. It happens in for me in like the moments where I get to connect with someone on a soul level, they find out what I'm doing and they, it just kind of reverberates and just happens like that. It's been such a grassroots growing process. Mm. Uh, so I, I really believe that firsthand it, it's come from, from me that, and that's been a fine line of figuring out of like, okay, how do I, uh, differentiate Rochelle and the Nishama project. And sometimes it's really hard <laughs> mm -hmm. because it is, it's, it's partly my, my doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been a natural progression in, in that way. And it was really amazing. Like first off, like the bliss project was, thank you so much for inviting me. Mm. Really got a chance to, uh, I mean, again, like with, with you, like when I was connected with you, I think maybe from my, a publicist I was working with a few years ago and, and I, before I even knew what you were up to, I just kind of followed you because of waffles. <laughs> <laughs> for real it's so, real and and then I you know started obviously reading more about all the stuff you're into and then I you know Lindsay hooked me up with two women that have gone to your bliss project before that I'm in a mastermind every Thursday morning with and so that's why and then you invited me to come and I I really like fell in love with you I just was like wow this what you put out there in such an authentic way it was just and I've been to a lot of things before it was just really um really inspired and really in awe of what, what you, what you've been creating. And so with Tara, all, you know, that night where you had the, um, the first evening where you had us exchange, um, I hadn't had to learn how to really intro someone. Yes. Well, she was in my group and all of a sudden, and like, and then the funny thing about me is I'm not a salesperson, um, at all. I'm like, here, take it. Well, you know, no big deal. And and so when it was my turn to kind of talk about myself with, with one of with one of the women, um, you know, I just shared what I'm up to with yoga and my retreats and, and coaching stuff. And then, you know, we went into the foursome of the group and she was explaining me. And then I quickly look over at Tara. I'm like, oh, I like your necklace. She's like, yeah, I got this from like Lululemon from this company. And I'm like, oh, that's my company. And then the girl who was showing me, she's like, wait, you didn't even mention that. I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know. <laughs> Oh my so, gosh. It was really cute. It was was really, she so excited? Oh my God, so excited. It was so cute. It was adorable. <laughs> Such a sweet moment. Oh my God. And, and I'm telling you, and then all of a sudden we all find each other. So it's like an extension. So literally when I look at all of the work that you're doing in the world and you know that it's, it's coming about in necklaces, bracelets, anklets, these beautiful, bright pieces of jewelry, it's an extension of you. So how did you... What did what, you know? What was that natural process for you that you were kind of like, this is it, this feels right to me. How did you know? What does that feel like to you when you get those hits? Ah, oh, that's such a good question. It's like a flow. It's it's a flow state where 
everything in my body says yes. Um, and it happens in different ways. And it's just this like kind of trusting as like my feet are moving forward in one direction and my heart is leading the way. And then there's my mind. Uh, if that makes any sense, it's, it's just like that flow state, you know, when everything is just, oh, this makes sense. It's gelling. And then there's certain people come into your life. And then it's like synchronistic moments and that flow state that, um, that creates that for me. And when I'm not in that state that usually I'm like, okay, wh where do I have to check in with myself? What's going on? Um, cause that's, I mean, you're not, I wish I was always in that state, but that's just not reality. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people, you know, we get wrapped up at, before I really started following what, you know, my path is now, I think I got wrapped up in what I should be doing, what's going to bring me money, what title will look good, what will feel good when people introduce me, all of those things that are like, you know, you follow it and, and good God, I'm so glad I did not do what I thought I should do because at the time, you know, I was in my early twenties and I just said this on another podcast. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll be like a dental hygienist because that sounds good. <laughs> which props to all the dental hygienists. But for me, it is just like opposite of what my soul is calling me to do. <laughs> so thank goodness I didn't follow that. But it's like, you know, those moments of getting wrapped up in the shoulds or maybe getting frustrated over, you know, why isn't my path turning out like other people's paths? So when this first came to you, were you like, because you were already so um, understanding of what you should say yes to that you went for it? Or were you like, wait, this is crazy, or this is going to be a hobby, or how could this ever be a business? It's such a great question, because first off, I love the quote, like the, the saying, like, don't shit all over yourself. Yes. Right? Um, and I, I feel like just that's just the way my life has been. I'm kind of the black sheep of the family. You know, my sister's a lawyer, my brother's a teacher, you know, you go to school and you go to graduate school and you then you go get, get the house with the white picket fence and you have the kid, you know, which is all beautiful. I just have always been different and, um, always at a young age, I just, I just have been different. So I, I learned to start, I think with my, like when I was 18 and that path started to nurture that in myself and, and really look for that in other people. Um, I like the weird, eclectic, out of the box souls, you know, that's where, um, those are my, that's my soul tribe. Um, so it's something that's had to be nurtured, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's, I mean, I still do it today where, you know, there are those moments of like, oh, well, maybe I should be here. Maybe I shouldn't. And, you know, when I started the company, I know I had a lot of people that were like, all right, well, this is another thing Rochelle's going to be doing, you know, and, you know, best of luck. And, you know, uh, so those naysayers are there, but I just believed in the power of a product with meaning that stood for something greater. And I believed in the mission behind it. And I believed in the organization that we support. And so I just continue like, you know, dancing and sometimes trudging through the process. And, you know, I think it's, it's challenging in our society and with, you know, especially with social media, you know, we constantly, I, you know, compare and contrast with someone's outer, you know, know, experience. And I just have learned over these years to, to really like curb that. And, um, and that's sometimes it looks like shutting the phone off. It looks like a gratitude list coming back to like what I have in my life and really trusting that, you know, I 
am a unique individual and my path isn't supposed to look like anyone else's. So it's just been through a lot of living that's allowed me to embrace that. But yeah, I mean, the the judging is for sure there. Um, you know, and I think finally, like at the stage of the game, my family is like, all right, well, you know, you've managed to, to make a business out of this. This is great. And, you know, it, they just, they're just, I'm always going to be the baby child and the gypsy of the, of the family in, in their eyes. But, um, you know, I think they finally are like, wow, we, um, we know that wherever you are in the world, you're going to be okay. So mm. good job. Mm, I love that. So was there a point for you that you were, you realized, wow, this is, people really want this. People are really connecting to this, that you decided to either were you like, whoa, I need a plan or I need to connect with somebody <laughs> who really understands this. What was that point for you where either you brought someone in or you had to sit down and create a plan? Well, you know, it's come in many different stages. Um, I mean, like the first one was, you know, a, a recent a recent one, which was like almost a year and a half ago, was to the point where I had hired a new assistant and operational manager. manager and at that time, we were still shipping everything out ourselves. Mm. And it was like, okay, like ah, we can't do this anymore. Like when holiday comes, like she's gonna quit. Like yeah, that's insane. <laughs> you know, and and not in it. Like I said, and it's always been in stages. Um, and then the process of like, okay meeting with a business coach and working with that business coach for a little bit of time and, you know, reaching out to different women that I know that have a company and are, are boss ladies and getting advice from them. And, uh, and then it's when we moved to a fulfillment center. So we're like, they, which was a whole big process. I mean, on my site, you know, everything's like named after like the Nikki necklace is named after my mom, the Leia necklace is after my sister, like everything has a name. And then when you go into like, you know, big retailers and to a fulfillment center, they don't work like that. You're like, you need to barcodes and systemize things. And, and so it was a, a really great, you know, another um, growing pain and curve that ultimately have allowed us to grow that much bigger, which I didn't really understand at the moment. I just knew I'm like, all right, I got to do this. We're going to get through this chapter. I mean, it was like a good solid three months of like operationally getting that moved over. So, um, yeah, it's all come through different stages of where the company is at. And, and now, I mean, it's, and still, I to be honest with you, I've never really had a business plan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's working. So, yeah. And so, and, and it's, it, and, you know, recently, um, my boyfriend who is just a, an amazing, amazing person and how we met is just another incredible story and divine, you know, moment. And he has been coming on board with really like helping with the business stuff, which has been really nice because it's felt often daunting, you know, by myself, you know, even with the support of other people and coaches that I've had to make, you know, make some decisions. So it's been really nice to feel like I have, you know, a partner on my team, mm. both like business and, you know, romantic. Mm. Okay. So I kind of want to go there just for a minute, just because you, through your story and through everything that you've said, uh, so far on this podcast, you truly are able to, you're kind of, you're in flow. You're just following what is coming to you. I haven't heard you say one thing where you're really going out there and chasing anything, or you need something, or you have to get this, or you have to get that. So you're a really beautiful example of what happens when you can, you're not sitting back. You're absolutely taking action and being open and putting yourself in, you know, positions where, things can come to you. So that's what I want to talk about. Cause I think there is a lot of women, especially women who, um, are creative and are on a path and are on this soulful journey who I have so many friends who 
don't have but desire a a mate a boyfriend a partner in life so can you tell us a little bit about how you guys met and where you think you were at to let that happen all right well this is this is a great story (laughs) (laughs) um so let me first tell you about many many years ago when I had my first um astrology charts read by this like you know amazing like Mexican abuelita in Mexico on one of my gypsy traveling journeys and and I really use it still to this day and she sat you know she looked at my you know when I was born the the whole charts and everything and she's like you're both Virgo and you're both Libra the Virgo in me likes lists likes to get things done is like organized and the Libra in me is like I want to be free and travel (laughs) the world and she's like you need to find peace in your life, you're going to need to find a way to marry both these sides of your personality. And you will find and that you will thrive best in partnership and that you will be together. You know, that's like my highest calling is in partnership. And so I've always held on to, to that. And, and uh, oh, I've had many phases and those many phases have had many different relationships. So um, I have always been a very relationship oriented person. Um, um, I've never been much of a dater and never really did the whole dating app thing. And so um, last year I was in a really bad relationship. Um, I was in one that I didn't know at the time was completely wrong for me. And I got stuck in it because on paper it was like the things that I wanted. You know, he's Israeli, he's Jewish, he's this and that. And and was just like, okay, Rochelle, you know what? You don't have to run away from this now working work on the things. Take. And I was taking crumbs and my soul was dying and my light was dimming and everyone around me could see it, but I really couldn't see it until it was time. It got so bad and it was just, it was toxic um, and it brought out the worst in me. And so this was last summer, right before the summer began, we, we broke up and the break, the breakup was my breakdown and it was the first time in my life since I've been such a survivor where I let myself crumble and my girl, literally I got on a flight to New York the next day. My girlfriends went and I, we lived together, packed up my stuff, put it in storage for me, hired movers for me so I didn't have to deal with it. And I really, I, it's such an interesting thing that happened. I fell into like almost like a childlike state of depression. And now I understand what unfolded through that process. And I knew going through it, I was like, I am going to give myself permission to be in my darkness right now. I'm not going to numb. I'm not going to date. And I'm going to be in this, you know, and just have the people in my life hold me. And, and it, it really, what I now understand is that it allowed me to touch a part of my healing journey that no therapy, no ayahuasca, no shamanic journey would have given me, but being in my own darkness, which tapped me to what an understanding what my mom mm-hmm. must have felt and what she would have, what she was going through, which I never quite understood. And so after four months of being in that space, I finally reemerged and, you know, in, in spiritual language, it's, um, you know, it's called the, the, the dark night of the soul and that every, every person goes through it in their own way. And, and I really gave myself permission to, to go there. And it was like, it was, it was dark. It was messy. I, you know, didn't, was not myself. And, 
And so when I slowly reemerged and I came back to California, I was traveling for a little bit and I stayed with my, my best friend, Sophie, and she's my business partner in um, retreats that we have called Nourish Your Soul. I stayed with her and her family and they just loved me back to life. And she's like, all right, we're putting you on a dating app. I'm like, um, no, thanks. I meet people synchronistically and magically. So I'm not going to do that. And she's like, we're doing it. And, and she's just like, you know, when you have that person in your life that just gets you and she's like, we're doing this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and then I, you know, I met shy through, through that, through that app and was just, and I would not have met him and appreciated him had I not gone through that whole darkness and that time period and been in that specific relationship that was completely wrong for me. And so, yeah, we went on, we went on a date and, um, and that was it. And he's, he's amazing. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. So awesome. And I just, I love that you, you know, I think that's, that's kind of just our, whether it's our way of being historically forever or our generation, but it's so easy to numb out on things. And, and you know what, even for, even for people who love to, who are really spiritual and love to travel, we're really good at it. We're like, I'll just go on yeah. another retreat. I'll go to another self-development thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and all of a sudden you're like, why am I not feeling anything still? Mm -hmm. It's like, you're just completely turning it off. So how beautiful. And, and that's just one example I'm sure in your life of how, you know, that really dark period is, is serving us. Do you have another example of something where you have, um, I know you've shared so much of that with us, but maybe where you've hit this point in your life where you cannot see your way out of it, but it's offered you something so beautiful. Yeah, so that was the most recent one for sure. Um, that really, I mean, I, I had it was depression and anxiety that runs in my family that literally took over me, and it was it it brought up all of my childhood trauma again, so that I could actually really deal with it in a way that I hadn't before and embody it, you know. And a lot of the sometimes, you know, the work that I do when I teach and I teach on retreats, I do, um, you know, dance therapy and the shadow work where you give yourself permission to dance your shadow and then you dance your light. And so it it was there were moments where, you know, my girlfriends had to just walk me off the ledge, you know, and it was and I've never I've never been in that place before. And so another one that I would say that was, you know, the one after my rebellious hiccups when I went to rehab and my family had an intervention for me because I was just, it wasn't that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't define myself as an alcoholic or drug addict today. It was just uh, how I chose to deal with things at 18 years old with like an incredible amount of trauma. And um, so they had an intervention for me. And I, there was a good moment where I thought my life was over. You know, um, I can't be in, in college with my friends anymore. And... You know, that lasted for just a few weeks until like the light came and I was like, oh, this is a new path for me and I'm going to take full advantage of it because my soul is here for a reason and I'm not living that out. And so, yeah, that was probably one in my, in my young adult. And also, I mean, even my move to California was, was super challenging because there was a breakup involved, a breakup mm -hmm. with a lovely, amazing human being that would have, you know, was, was completely there for Bailey and I, and I just you know, had to listen to my heart so that even though it was an exciting move, it was a very challenging chapter to start over again and to leave a relationship that by all means was actually very healthy and lovely. Mm. Yeah, my, I, I really believe that in the challenge comes the opportunity to grow. And that's just how my life path has been. 
So you talked a little bit about um, anxiety, and I think that that's and thank you, thank you for saying that because I think so many. I mean, I think it's a massive percentage. I'm not going to put a number on it, but I think a lot of women look at, you know, you, if people would look at you, they'd be like, wow, you're an incredibly amazing, powerful type A, type A yet as at the same time, just very free flowing, but boss, boss woman. Right. Mm -hmm. So they might look at you and think you still get anxiety. Like what, what form does that come in for you? And how do you, um, how do you handle it? Yeah. So really, I I used to wake, that's such a great question. Thank you. Um, I used to wake up before I started the Nishama project. I remember waking up every morning with like, oh my God, what am I here? Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? And this Mm. was such an overarching, like what is such a big daunting question that I would wake up with it. And then once I found a way to funnel that energy into something good and meaningful to me, that kind of um, went away. Mm. Uh, and so that, that really was the a pivotal time period in my life where I was able to squash that anxiety because it went straight into purposeful and meaningful work. And now, you know, now it's still, you know, it still shows up when I am maybe late somewhere or I am, you know, in comparison and judgment and I'm not in my practice and I'm not taking care of myself then there's a higher chance for me to feel anxious and for me to feel off. Um, so it really directly, my anxiety is directly related to, you know, the levels of my self-care and my self-love. And so when I'm, when I'm good and I'm empowered and in my body, like what anxiety, but when I'm not, Oh, it's like, Oh, hello there. Nice mm. to see you again. So it's really, um, you know, and it's finding simple tools and practices that, work for me. And, you know, it's just simple things like even before you and I spoke, I lit a candle, I lit some incense, I set my little sacred space that took two minutes, it took a few deep breaths. So it doesn't have to be some grandiose way of, you know, working through the anxiety, just simple little things. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, since I actually, you know, went as a young girl, after I, I found my mom, I went through PTSD, post-traumatic stress, and pretty much blacked out my childhood. And, you know, a lot of my personal healing has been rediscovering my childhood and working through the trauma. And even certain things will trigger my trauma state, you know, um, and I'm learning to be very aware of that and that I am Rochelle whole and complete and that I'm holding the little girl in me that was left and abandoned and that I got her and that she's no longer driving the car, but she's like, in the back seat with her seatbelt on, you know, so it's constant work for, for me, um, on many different levels. Mm. Okay. That was just put so beautifully that really, I mean, you just, you took me back to so many nights before I really started showing up to do what I feel that I am here to do and figuring that out. So sometimes in the, even the figuring it out stage, the anxiety starts to go down. I feel though, I feel, but before that, it's like when we're kind of like denying our soul, doing this other thing that we know is not our soul work, even if we're, you know, even if we start doing that thing, whatever it is that we might enjoy on the weekend, it's almost like the anxiety goes down. So really it's, it's like this crazy, beautiful guide and gift, but man, it's not fun when you are in it. And I love that you said, you know, when you answered it, it kind of just started, it starts to go down like the, the really, really thick anxiety. You know, the other anxieties I think are pretty 
normal. <laughs> yeah, normal day to day life, yeah. life happens, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, when I, again, finding those small little tools during the days when life happens to like, okay, pause, sacred pause, mm. drop in. Okay. I'm good. Okay. So for people, and I know that you kind of described some of the rituals, but do you have any other things that if you're really feeling, um, you know, that you need, what, what does a sacred pause look like to you? And what are some of the big rituals that really get you there? Oh, thank you. Um, I love ritual and tradition. And so for me, again, with the trauma work that I've done, it was little things like feeling, simply feeling my feet on the ground that would bring me back to my body and back to the moment. Simple feet on the ground. And then as a yoga teacher and, and it's, it's breathing, you know, just coming back home to the breath over and over again, because the mind is always going to play tricks on a yoga mat, off a yoga mat, you know, working or not, the mind is just constantly going. So like, how can I learn to create the ways to, to soften, to slow it down? And so breathing, feeling my feet on the ground, movement is really important for me. And I know it is for you too, like all forms of movement. I believe that everything is a form of yoga. It's just how you approach it. If it's approached with intention, it's a form of yoga. And so I hike, I, you know, I spin, I interval training. I do all, all of the things that feel good for my body that really help me get out of my head and back to my heart that helps with anxiety. Um, walking Bailey is one of my favorite things to do and walking specifically walking Bailey without my phone or having it in my pocket better if I don't have it with me. And so I'm super uber present with her and just the little things in nature that are really help to drop me to the moment, just hearing the birds and, and looking at the flowers and looking at the houses and my environment, just opening up my eyes. There's so much beauty. It's like if we're all like most of the time we're looking down or into our phones, but there's so much beauty and so many miracles that are happening every single day. Am I open enough to see them? Mm-hmm. Some days, yes, hopefully more, you know, it's the majority and some days no. And so that's when these little tools and rituals come into play. And so also I, since I was raised, um, Jewish on Friday nights, we have, we have, um, Shabbat and the Sabbath, which I, I love. It's the idea. And I feel like everyone should have a a Sabbath and Shabbat. It's that one day of rest, one day where you disconnect to reconnect, to put the phone away, be with the people that you love, make yummy food. And so every Friday night, um, I light candles. Um, It really brings me, um, feels, makes me feel close with my mom and the tradition that we had when I was little. And so I'll light the candles and my boyfriend and I will make some dinner. We'll have some wine and we'll say the blessings, not because it's a religious thing and I'm not religious anymore. It's just really a tradition and ritual that warms up at my soul. So beautiful. I love that. I just had this vision of like God, source, nature, whatever, you know, you believe like sending these gifts to your door over and over and over and you being like, I'm too busy to open it. I'm too busy. And it's just like, that's how it is every single day. We have these insanely, if you let your mind just get so completely like drunk on nature, (laughs) it can become so overwhelmingly like 
beautiful for your senses. You just get completely blown away. So I love that you said that with your walks with Bailey. I'm the exact same way. I'm like, I don't even want my phone because this is so amazing with just to even like watch how stinking cute your dog is like walking down the street. And honestly, like she knows, she knows when mom's on her phone and she knows yes. she's being not being present. It's like, she gives me a look and she'll do this thing. I don't know if waffles does it. Like it's the doodle stop where she just stops and doesn't want to go anywhere. And she yes. just like, it's like, she's throwing a little tantrum and she's like, mom, get off your phone. Stop taking that photo. Be present with me. I'm like, all right, girl. Yes, to- totally. And she calls it the stupid box. So she's like, if it's my computer, she's like, get off the stupid box. Like she just looks, <laughs> at me like that thing is so she doesn't you know if you really look at it from the outside and it's like what is this stupid thing that has your attention please get off of it what could be more important just throw the ball already come on yes totally okay so I want to know um you know because I am all about and I know that you are too just community and tribe and sisterhood what role has that played for you in your life Oh, it's been everything to me. It's really been, you know, it's so interesting because I feel like I, like in high school, I was always that girl that had all the friends and had through all the parties. So I've always been a people person. And I remember I was a few years ago, my sister, who's a high power bankruptcy attorney in New York City, you know, she's, and we're very different, but like, we're super, super close. And she had said to me something like, you know, your work in the world has always come from the people that you know, like no matter where you are in the world, like I, and people have asked me like, isn't it hard to meet good people in LA? And I'm like, thank God I have only attracted the most beautiful people in my life and they still keep on coming. And so again, it's, I really believe it's like what you put out there is what is what you attract and community and sisterhood is, is a core value of mine. And you know, it's so important to feel connection and support it in a way where there's just there's no jealousy there's none of that it's we're here to uplift each other to support one another to our highest like how high we can go and I can't do that alone yeah I love that I feel the same way and I got asked that all the time um when I first moved to LA and honestly I think at first I was looking for I think I was looking for what was so different about us. So that's exactly what I saw is what was so different. And then I was like, that's it. I, I want to stay here. I don't want to leave. I want to find amazing people so bad who, who have the same ideas and commitment and want to, you know, just really help people. And also who just want really an amazing relationship. And then all of a sudden it's like, as soon as I mentally really committed to that, brought that into my prayers and meditation and, and started to walk around with that desire. Cause you can't just think it, you can't just leave it at home in your prayers. You have to just kind of walk around with this. I'm open. Hi, I'm open. <laughs> so what would you say to someone who, because I know that a lot of people can get caught up in this. I haven't, I haven't necessarily, um, had this issue personally, but for people who maybe I know I've heard some people in this area say, you know, it's really hard to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like women are all in competition. How can we start to, what would you say to start adjusting that? Uh, that's great. And first off, I just want to just say like for someone who didn't have that and like the women and the tribe that surrounds you now, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Mm, thank uh, you. Yeah. And so you know, I was actually just talking about this. So I, like I said, my, my girlfriend, Sophie and I, who's like my, my sister, I call her my sister wife. And we, <laughs> we, um, have hosted our nourish your soul retreats internationally. And we just did our launched our first online program and it just finished. And it was just super wonderful mm. to be able 
to connect with people and, uh, and use like online platform. And, and we closed with, you know, a lot of people were asking that question. They don't live in a place like this and how do they, how to create community. And I think it's, it's a lot of it is, is first off getting outside of your comfort zone and like, you know, having to, it's like, again, it's not just going to come to you first and foremost. Like how about starting at going to the same studio, like the same yoga studio or same workout place, start to develop a relationship with the sign in person, say hi, start to say hi to the people that you're working out with. Keep going regularly, reach out, introduce yourself, like starting with what you have in your, in your hometown. And then once you start to develop the relationship there, have a coffee date, have a workout date, go for a walk. And then maybe start to like have, have, you know, have them over for dinner. Um, and again, it just starts with first, like putting yourself out there. And then a lot of times in these, you know, different studios or workout places or yoga studios, there's events that are happening. There's a ton of events that are happening. There's meetups out there. There are groups online to find too. And it's that initial like uncomfortable moment of like maybe going somewhere where you don't know anyone and not having a comfort blanket with you to like get that, that you'll have to step into. And then, so that's first and foremost, got to get outside of the comfort zone, but utilize the network that's around you see on the community board in your local cafe or yoga space, what's happening, check in online, put yourself out there, the Facebook status, Hey, looking for some like, you know, girl time or, you know, who's interested in, in going to this show or, you know, reading this book and starting, you know, a book group. There's, there's so many ways to, um, create community. And again, it, like you said, it first starts with the desire and then action mm-hmm. all about, it's all about the follow through too. Oh you know? my God. Yes. It was, it was like dial don't file, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the follow through too. And that it takes just like any relationship, it takes nurturing. Like I have, I, I get to nurture the relationships in my life specifically with my women and we have to make dates with each other. Everyone's busy now and having their families and their businesses, you know, like tomorrow I have, I have a hike date on the calendar with one of my best friends and our dogs, because if not, if we don't set that time, it won't happen. And I'm not willing to, that's, that's not acceptable to me. So that's sisterhood and community is of utmost importance to me. And, and I'm also learning that it's okay that I have, you know, that it's, while there's a tribe, it's also okay that I have on like one hand, my solid women that Mm. were there and carried me through that dark summer that, you know, I know I can go to for anything Mm. and that, and that there's a bigger tribe around, but a smaller internal one. I love that you said that because I think some people can get really stressed out thinking that they need this massive tribe. And while, while we talk so much about it, yes, it's, it's there and it's available and we're like-minded and we have the same interests and we can, you know, go to the same retreats and events and see each other at, you know, all of these different amazing things that are going on around town or around the world or whatever. But, you know, we don't, in your actual day-to-day life, there is not so much time that you can connect at a super deep level with everyone. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you're, you know, when you're in this, when you're developing it and when people really get the idea of tribe and support, it's like, yes, you have that core tribe. And then, you know, there's those people that I'm here, I've got your back, I'm supporting you. I may not be able to be there as much as your core inner tribe, but I'm here cheering you on. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's the same exact thing. I have that really uh, beautiful 
um, super deeply connected inner tribe. And that's the one that I have to make appointments with like every other week or every week, or it's so easy to get disconnected. So I think I, I, I just love that you pointed that out because it's not, it's like a relationship. It's like a marriage. Like you have to be committed. Absolutely. And, and it's actually interesting. So one of my, one of my dearest friends and actually one of my favorite yoga teachers, her name is Mary Beth. And she started a, a rad company with her girlfriend, Jackie Carr. It's called Rock Your Bliss. Oh my God, I love her. Oh, there's yes. like, you know, one of my soul sisters, we hadn't, <laughs> we hadn't seen each other in six months and cause she moved to Silver Lake with her husband and you know, life happens to the point where we're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, and we had a coffee date last week. It was like no time had passed and we committed to like, this isn't happening again, you know? And it felt so good to like be with each other. And, and that's that reminder that even like with the right women and friends in your life, that even when stuff happens and life happens, you can just in a snap of a finger or over like a lavender latte, come right back to each other. (laughs) Because it is easy to forget. It's easy that when you don't see them, you're like, Oh, I'm okay. That's the story that we go back to. I'm okay. I'm good. I've got this. I've got that. Then you get together and you're like, I was missing this. I didn't even know it. And then it's like, I don't, you know, with the people that I, that are really in my life, like, I don't, I don't want to just learn about what's going on in your world through social media. That doesn't feel mm-hmm. real. Yeah. So it's really important to make that time and the, and the commitment and, and it has to be mutual. It's really hard. I, I no longer have the, the desire to just, you know, be the one that's constantly giving. It's a, it's a giving and receiving and it's a mutual effort in, in all relationships. Mm, um, hello, I just got stuck on lavender latte. So how, how do we make one? Um, Flower Boy Project on, <laughs> on uh, Lincoln. I've I'm, been making my own lattes. Actually, I got a frother and it's been really amazing, but I haven't added the lavender component yet. <laughs> so lavender coming from what would it be in the latte? Like, do you just go and where can we purchase it? Do you I know. I think, so it's um, a place called Flower Boy Project. It's on LinkedIn. It's adorable. If you haven't been there, you have to. You have to go. Bring bring waffles. They have like cute little you know art artisanal like gifts and jewelry. And then you can go out and buy. They have these little flowers. You can like buy your own flowers out there. Mm. They specifically have a lavender infused latte. Okay, I'm gonna figure this out <laughs> because I really want one. Like I don't know. You just gave me the best picture in my head of like sisterhood and lavender lattes. And we bring Lindsay Sikornik in, and she makes her homemade biscotti. It's amazing. <laughs> well, okay. maybe we'll just have to do that. That's ourselves. happening. That's that's happening. I'm putting it out there. I'm just letting you know. I'm a really powerful manifester. So you are. whether you like it or not, it's probably going to happen in your future. So. Oh, that's <laughs> All right. So I just want to make sure that everyone can find you and follow you. And what are you before we do that? What are you most excited about right now that you're doing? I'm really excited about, so my, one of my biggest passions is combining yoga and travel. And I've hosted, um, yoga retreats in Israel and Bali and Mexico a few times and Nicaragua this past January. And I mean, there's not, I feel so in purpose when I'm holding space for people's journeys in that way and completely outside of your comfort zone in a new country in a new setting and then adding components to yoga and meditation and, and meaningful conversations and community. Oh, it's just my favorite. So I am launching in the next um, two weeks my retreat to Thailand for next New Year's. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I haven't been there yet myself. So, and I tend to do that. I'm like, people are like, why don't you just do the same one at the same place every year? It's probably a be- better business model. I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I just constantly want to explore new places and I like doing that with, with people. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm excited about the continued growth of, you know, the Nishama project and, and all the ways and that things are unfolding. Um, I am excited about my relationship that's happening right now. It's great. And, uh, I am also excited about different, we're, you know, developing different um, products right now that are going to be coming out soon. And it's, as I'm sure you know, you have an idea and then you're like, oh, okay, let's make this happen. And then you're like, oh, wait, there's a million steps in between <laughs> to making this new product come to life. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a uh, great um, lesson in patience and trust. And so I'm excited for these um, new products to come to life soon. And um, all the continued work that I do with, um, you know, my sister wife, Sophie, we have some Nourish Your Soul um, content coming up soon. And we're doing like a two day local retreat um, at the end of this month. And so continuing to develop stuff with her in various ways is just always super, super exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh, so fun. So where can we, if we want a part of that or a piece of this amazing jewelry, or maybe we have someone really special in our life that we want to, um, just let them know what they've done for us. Where can we find you, follow you, get, um, you know, show, uh, or what is your website? Awesome. Thank you. Well, it's the Nishama project, um, dot com and you spell Nishama, which means soul again in Hebrew. It's N E S H A M A. And um, so that's where we live on, on the web and also on social media. And um, so that's, that's really where you can, can find us. And actually, I have a coupon code for anyone that listens. So it's just Lori Harder. They can type in and we have it all set up for you guys. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for that. And I just want to thank you for how you show up in the world and for also just following your soul and making it so fun and whether you whether you think so or not e easy right simple simple <laughs> just to really listen into that voice so thank you so much for that I just love all the gifts that you have given to the world it's such well, a beautiful thing thank you so much for seeing that and for um, allowing me to share just a part of my story with your amazing tribe and community that you've created it's just Thank you so, so much. And we definitely, okay, we're committing this to like all of your reader uh, listeners now that we're having a dog date. Yes. Wa okay. Waffles and Bailey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Waffles and, and Bailey's. Like a great company name. <laughs> Waffles and Bailey. It's like a great brand. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh my God. Maybe it's a dog food like jewelry company. <laughs> okay. So I always have one final question before we go. So if you are in a quick elevator ride with someone, it's only like 30 seconds. And they look over at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Mm. Follow your heart, follow your soul, follow your bliss. Amen. All right, you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.